Chapter 15 Rattling Sabers and Swords Unsheathed Washington, D.C., July 2042 The atmosphere in Interrogation Room 1A at the Joseph Goebbels Information Clarification Center was serene compared with the media frenzy above ground. Now, tell us all you know, you fat fuck. Minister McDermott wrapped his arm around Quinn's shoulders and hissed. It's for the best. You know that, don't you? Quinn nodded. It's like I told you before. Me and Addie are real close, but it's only for the articles. We share stuff for different jobs. McDermott gripped Quinn's shoulder. Yes, but has she shared anything with you lately? Quinn shook his head as the minister scowled. You're telling me that you have no idea where they were hiding this past week? Or before their first disappearance? Don't lie to me. Quinn shook his head. McDermott played dumb. What about the slut, Lars? His staged disappearance to perpetrate the murder of Carlisle Hutchings. He gave Quinn a few minutes to catch his breath, then rallied for the real information. Or what do you know about Rio Seco, that Chinese faggot, and his relationship with Lars? No, nothing, I swear. And that Rasta fuck, Cliff Solano? No, I told you, I can't help you. I don't know a thing. Quinn heard the door open. McDermott had turned his head, revealing a smile. Mr. Montaigne, you know our guest, Mr. Quinlan, don't you? Billy closed the door behind him. Yes, of course, Minister McDermott. He smirked, glaring down at Quinn. Hello, Quinn. Quinn turned back to the information minister. What's he doing here? William Montaigne is a patriot, concerned about the anti-American activities that have been tolerated for too long. He has been our eyes and ears on several surveillance projects. The one pertinent to our purposes here is his relationship with your friend Desta. Quinn shot a glance to Billy. You son of a bitch! You were playing her! I knew I should have warned her more about you. Yeah, you should have, but you didn't. You were afraid of alienating her. You kept your suspicions about me to yourself, you lying piece of shit. You told her from day one that I was trouble, even though you had no idea just how much trouble. But why? She never did nothing to you. Why all the stringing along? Why stand her up like you did all those times? Oh, those were legit no-shows. I really had things come up. McDermott slid into the chair next to Quinn and put his arm around him. William had to submit his reports on Desta's whereabouts as her activities against America increased. He is a master at reading people and playing on their weaknesses. She has quite the fractured psyche since her brother's death. You're an artist, William. Billy bowed and opened the door. 
This week's payment is already in your account. McDermott bopped his head to Billy as he left. McDermott stood, pressing his hands on Quinn's shoulders. Now, you see, there's no more that needs to be hidden. Quinn shook under the snake's grip. Can I have some water, please? McDermott nodded to one of his agents at the door, who brought in a small tray with a crystal glass. Quinn grabbed it and downed the whole thing. His eyes pinched shut as he choked on the bourbon-like liquid coating his throat. He wiped his mouth and forehead with the back of his hand. McDermott sat down and smiled. Cliff stopped the van at a gas station just before dawn. Rio jerked up out of a hazy sleep. Where are we? Just outside Baltimore. Addie leaned forward and stretched. That's as far as we've gotten? Cliff lit a cigarette. I drove in circles, backtracked, and shot in and out of side streets in the city before getting on the beltway to make sure we weren't followed. Addie opened the door. There's a phone. I need to call Quinn. She walked to the phone stand while the convenience store clerk stared out the window. Her call went to voicemail. Quinn, it's me. We're on the move, but I'm checking in. We dumped our cell phones so those bastards can't track us. I'll call again later. Quinn's body was slumped over the table when his phone vibrated. McDermott pushed back the corpse and reached into the breast pocket. He looked at the number on the display and tossed the phone to the agent. Trace it! The woman darted out of the room. McDermott pushed Quinn's body forward, the head thumping onto the table. He turned to a guard and ordered, Get rid of this before it stinks up the place. Now! The weeks went by with continued vigor by all publicity and news outlets. American intelligence services, combined with Hollywood's finest agencies, launched a full-scale search-and-apprehend mission against all forces hostile to domestic and international interests. The news outlets were given 24-7 access to programming. The evening broadcaster began. It's Lars Hunt Day 20. Can you believe it, Carla? Massive air and ground resources are being utilized in the worldwide search. Our partners are also using this opportunity to strengthen their cooperation with us, obediently following the president's directive of uncovering evidence of the global plot against us. Our allies have launched air and ground attacks against our enemies in Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Syria, Turkey, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Vietnam, North Korea, Quebec, Colombia, and Cuba. Loyal forces amassed in Central Europe have unlocked the death grip the Swiss have had on American funds in the Arab puppet state there. It's like watching a house of cards topple right after the cookie crumbles. Indeed, Gracie. Carla adjusted her earpiece, adding to her in-studio colleague, Oh, I've just gotten word that we're going to the president right now. 
President Micheletti had summoned both houses of Congress, the Supreme Court justices, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the National Press and Talent Agency's top executives. All attendees stood as Wagner was piped into the packed chamber. Silence fell as McDermott wove his way between Theliastos and Nettlecombe. He arranged the papers on the podium and stepped back as Micheletti approached. My dear people of these illustrious United States of America! His sigh rolled through the chamber and across the airwaves, warming the hearts and numbing the minds of all. The most massive effort in the history of the world has begun, and the results are glorious. Massive applause. I have received word that the international support of our enemies within this great nation has been destroyed. There is no more blood money for domestic terrorists, socialists, and anarchists in their feeble attempts to destroy us. We have prevailed yet again. God bless you. God bless our troops and their families. And God bless America. Applause. He stepped away from the microphone and walked off stage. That was a stunning speech, Gracie. The energy was spectacular. His words were riveting and not a dry eye in the house. Nor was there any sign of dissent from the lunicans or ludocrats. I can't remember any time since the deaths of the Valiant 21, that there has been such unity at home and such support from our satellite states abroad. She was silent for a moment, then brightened even more. Gracie, amazing news! We're cutting back to the congressional chambers. President Micheletti is re-entering with more earth-shattering news. Micheletti was seated on a large marble throne that had just been unveiled. He held an orb in his left hand and a scepter in his right. My dear people of the planet, it is with utmost humility and meekness that I accept this most auspicious honor. I will govern these great United Nations of America with utmost care and diligence, which the Great Spirit has given me, for the betterment of the planet. Our call for peace, prosperity, and property has been accepted. Our command over land, air, and water is complete, and our enemies have accepted defeat. We have but one remaining foe. The applause and cries of UNA, UNA, filled the stadium. Gracie, excuse me, but I'm moved beyond words. For those of you just tuning in, the United Nations has announced its decision to abdicate its jurisdiction as guardian of the peace of the planet to... She wiped her eyes as the camera zoomed in and she continued. To our leader, the eminent Shane Micheletti, with the titles of First Citizen... Pater Patria, and Father of Nations. It's an honor that even he has trouble talking about. We must replay the clip. The cries of UNA, UNA, UNA drowned out all commentary. 
We've got them, Rio. We'll leave tonight. Addie handed him the ticket and new passport. Leonard, huh? He thumbed the papers without noticing anything after his new first name. It's the name of an old boyfriend. You look like the lead singer in an Asian boy band with that white hair, though. Her chipper tone felt lame even to her. Rio feigned a smile. Well, Rayana, the punk look makes you look like Grace Jones. I hope it's convincing. He threw clothes in his bag and picked up his contraband copy of The Zooling Class, rubbing his hand over Lars's signature, and set it on the bottom of the bag. Addie rubbed his shoulders. The good news about Lars being tried in Los Angeles is that we shouldn't be recognized, at least not immediately. You really think there will still be a trial? I'm sure there'll be some kind of show and victory dance. I mean, they've already discredited him as a serious threat to the system. The book is already banned and nobody the government considers of consequence will believe anything he says. So there's no danger in letting him speak. Do you think we'll be able to get word to him? I don't know, but we have to try. Addie and Rio arrived in Los Angeles just as the news of Lars's capture spread throughout the entertainment outlets. The pair saw Lars's picture on every TV monitor, and large, full-color, glossy, wanted posters were already being torn down and appearing online with bidding starting at $10,000. Rio ripped one off the wall that had a large penis drawn out from Lars's pants with another right at his mouth. Hey, dude, you going to keep that? Excuse me? Rio looked down. You going to, like, keep the poster? The girl, about 12 years old, asked and snapped her gum. Rio's rage rose as he clenched the paper. Who the hell? He looked up and saw two adults approaching. He smiled at the girl and handed her the poster. Who do you think I would want to have this? Her parents beamed and took Rio's hand. Very generous of you, young man. Thank you so much. It will look great in her room. They hugged the girl. She was just inducted into the guild last spring and will move her into the sponsor's condo this week. This is like the best gift ever. Addie stepped in front of Rio. Well, congratulations to you, young lady. We hope to be seeing a lot of you real soon. The girl wisped her hair from her face. Oh, yeah, like I've already been in some commercials and starting tomorrow, I'll be shooting like a month-long spread in Hawaii for Metro Chic. She whipped her legs apart, rubbing her inner thighs. She turned and left as her parents hugged her, laughing at their clever girl. Addie took Rio's hand and they walked out of the airport. <laughs> 